Welcome to the Word Encounter, episode 214. We're in the book of John. We left off in chapter 13, so we'll be picking things up in chapter 14. Before we get started, let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just invite your presence, Father, in this particular episode. As you are just uh, dropping uh, knowledge and wisdom on your disciples, and Father, I would just ask that those of us who are uh, uh, listening to this right now or watching this video, uh, that they would have an encounter with you, Father, that they would have an encounter with the Word. The Word says the Word says that you are the Word, Lord, and so uh, this is our heart's desire in Jesus' name, Amen. It says the way to the Father. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Now, remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's just told them again that he's going to leave them and that they would deny him. And then Peter said, no, I won't deny you. Then Jesus said, yes, you will. You'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And so he's continuing to, uh, to speak to them. And one of the things that we know as his end is drawing near here on earth, as far as his physical life is concerned, um, he is giving, if you will, his final instructions, his final directions to those closest to him. It's like, you know, if, uh, if you have small kids and you invite a babysitter in and, and you and your spouse are going out for the evening, you know, what you tell your kids, you know, the last thing that you tell them are the things that you want them to remember. Remember now, uh, behave do as the babysitter says, you know, go to bed when you're supposed to go to bed. And so before the parents leave, they're telling the children everything that they want the children to remember, that parent, the parents want to tell them the most important things so that they remember them. Well, Jesus is doing the same thing. You know, he's about to depart this earth in his physical life form, and he's telling his disciples, you know, the things that are most important so that they don't forget. And some of the things he repeats just to make sure that they don't forget. And so, he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. So Jesus is saying, look, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to depart from you in this world, in this life right now. But don't worry, I'm preparing a place for you because where I'm going, you too will be. <clears throat> in verse 4. You know the way you know the way to where I'm going. Lord, Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? In verse six, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life uh, and the life. No one comes to my father except through me. See, now, a lot lot of times people don't like to hear this because they don't they don't they don't they don't want to hear that. The only way to the father God is through Jesus. They want to have other ways. They want to have other faith systems, you know, other religions, other, 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 uh, other things that are required or not required in order to get to, to God. But the, the Bible is very specific here. You know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is what Jesus is saying. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know, know him and, I, and have seen him. And so Jesus is saying, look, if you know me, then you also know my father. He's told them on a number of different occasions that I and the father are one, but apparently they're not getting it. So he, he keeps telling them from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus reveals the father in verse eight. Lord said, Philip, 
show us the Father, that's enough for us. And Jesus, I guess he's exasperated in his tone. Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus again is saying, look, we've been together a while now. Haven't you gotten it yet? Don't you know yet? When you see me, you see the Father. When you see the works that I do, you see the works that the Father is doing. Don't you understand yet? In verse 10, he says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. And so he's telling his disciples the same thing he told the, the Pharisees. You know, if you don't believe in me, then at least believe in the works. Praying in Jesus' name. Verse 12, truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. So this implies that Jesus going to the Father is going to increase the authority that his believers have on earth. Because he says that uh, you will do the works that I have done, and not only that, you will do greater works. What's greater than raising somebody from the dead? I, I don't know. But this is what the word is saying. This is what Jesus is saying. That you will not only do that, but you will do greater works. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we have to qualify this, right? Because clearly anything you ask is not done in his name. Anything you ask in his name is not done. Anything that you ask in his name that is in accordance with the character and the will of God see, will be done. See, he's not talking about selfish things. He's not talking about evil things, wicked things, you know, things that only benefit us. I mean, anything that you ask in my name that will glorify the Father, that is why it will be done, so that the Father can gleam the glory. Another counselor promise, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. See, <laughs> we're going to see here, we're going to come across a lot of uh, scripture here that is conditional. And uh, I think I said yesterday, a lot of times we skip the condition. The word says, if you love me, you will keep my command, implying that if you don't keep his commands, you don't love him. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you uh, another counselor to be with you forever. If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father. And because you do this, because you love me, because you keep my commands, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. See, I'm going, but somebody's coming to take my place. I am with you, but the somebody that's coming is going to be in you. See, better that I go so that he can come, so that he can be in you. See, Jesus could be at one place at one time, but the counselor can be in multiple places at the same time as he can be in multiple beings. 
<clears throat> it says, uh, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth. That still small voice that rings in your head that tells you when you are doing wrong. <laughs> that warns you, you know what you're thinking about, that's not right. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, resides in us. It can't make us do things, but it can guide us if we allow it to, if we listen to its voice. See, we don't do things, we don't do evil and wicked things not knowing that they're evil and wicked. You know, we're not ignorant of these things. We hear that still small voice. The question is, do we hearken onto it or not? Do we try to ignore it, try to shut it up because our flesh wants us to do something else? That's the question. It's available and it's speaking to us, but do we shut it down? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. This is, uh, this wasn't, I mean, he's speaking to the disciples, but it's not just to the disciples. Jesus is telling us, I will not leave you as orphans. I have not left you as an orphan. You are not without me. When you're alone, I'm still with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. On that day, I assume it's referring to when he is glorified, when he is crucified. Verse 21, the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Again, conditional. The one who has my commands and keeps them. That's the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also love, will love him and will reveal myself to him. So Jesus is telling his disciples, look, if you love me and keep my commands, you know, or, or if you keep my commands, you're the one who loves me. And because you love me and keep my commands, my father will also love you. And not only that, I will reveal myself to you. See. Judas, not uh, Iscariot, not the one who betrayed him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Again, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and uh, we will come to him and make our home with him. If we keep his word, Jesus is saying he and the Father will come to us and make their home with us. They will reside with us. They will be with us. We, we, we can count on being uh, strengthened and empowered with their presence. We can count on them making up for our lack. 
Verse 24, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, taking notes and making sure that you remember all my exploits and the things that I taught you, because there is one coming who will be with you and in you and remind you of everything that I have taught you. That goes for us as well. We have access to the Holy Spirit if we keep his commands. If we keep his word, we have access to the Holy Spirit that resides in us, that will remind us of all things. We don't have to strain our brains to try to remember. Jesus' gift of peace, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you. Uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. I do, I do not give me. I do not give you my peace like the world does. The world is fickle. The world gives and takes away, but not Jesus. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me again, if you love me, you will rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you may believe. So when these things start to happen that you may not comprehend, you will recall what I told you. You will remember, you know, what I what I told you so that you will believe. And that should give you strength and power because I told you beforehand what was going to happen as you th- see these things unfold. And so uh, you're not just to believe what you see with your eyes. But also remember what I told you will happen. You know, you'll see me die and whatnot, but I am going to the Father. And that is for your benefit. Verse 30, I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. So he's saying the ruler of this world, Satan is coming, but fear not. He has no power over me. It may seem like it. It may look like it, but he doesn't. On the contrary, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do as the Father commanded me. And so as an act of love, so that the world can see this great sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice that man has ever witnessed, God allowing his only begotten son to be executed on the cross for the benefit of his children. So the world will see this act of love. And then Jesus says, get up, let's leave this place. the vine and the branches in chapter 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. That's verse one. In verse two, every branch uh, in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Okay, let's, let's, let's unpack this here. Every branch that is in me, or excuse me, yeah, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. Now, Here's an example of, of, of a verse of scripture. <clears throat> Depending on which translation you read and whatnot, it can have different meanings. And so that's why it's important to go over different translations at times with some scripture to see what exactly is being said. Every branch in me that does not pr- produce fruit, he removes. Now, this sounds like if you're not producing fruit, because this is a parable, if you're not producing fruit, if you're not being fruitful for the kingdom, 
he will just remove you and discard you, you know, because you're not being fruitful. You're not producing anything. He'll discard you. Well, this word removes can have a few meanings. It can be, or it can mean takes away, or it can mean lifts up. So let's say it means lifts up. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he lifts up. In other words, this could be saying that God notices that here's a, um, here's a branch here that is not producing fruit. So let me lift it up. Let me support it and get it to the place where it can produce fruit. You know, it's not producing fruit because something, something is lacking. So let me, let me uh, give this branch what it needs, sun, water, whatever, what it needs in order that it does become fruitful. See, it could mean that. Or it could mean if this branch is not producing fruit, get rid of it. <laughs> Very different connotations here, okay? And it says, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Prune means cuts away. You know, cut, cutting away the things that may be uh, obstacles to more production. You know, maybe you're wasting too much time doing uh, things that are unproductive in the kingdom of God. So maybe that gets pruned from your life. That doesn't mean that that thing is necessarily a bad thing or a wicked thing on its own. It's just preventing you from being as productive for the kingdom as you can be. And so it needs to be pruned from your life. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. <clears throat> Remain in me and I in you. Well, let me back up. And so, uh, And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. And then Jesus says, you are already clean of the word. We are you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So what he could be saying is you've, you're already productive and you've already been pruned because of the word that I have spoken to you. Could be. I don't know, but that could be what it means. Verse 4. Remain in me and I in you just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. So you can't produce fruit from the kingdom. You can't spread, effectively spread the gospel and, 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 and have people's lives changed if you fall away from Jesus. You have to remain in Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. See, a lot of times I think things go to people's head uh, when they get out. And uh, spreading the word, people start coming to the Lord. Uh, at some point in time, they could start believing that it's about them and not about Jesus. And this is where the danger lies. See, that person is setting themselves up for a cataclysmic fall. Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are all burned. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Again, if you remain in me and my, and my words remain in you. If Jesus remains in you and his words remain in you, then what you ask for is not going to be inconsistent with the things of God. See? Only if you don't remain in him will you ask for things that aren't 
uh, of the things of God. But if you remain in him and his words remain in you, then you're going to ask for things that are in congruence with the things of God. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Verse 8, my father is glorified by this. Excuse me. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. That's how God is glorified. Our fruit production is what glorifies God. That is what glorifies him. What glorifies God? That we produce much fruit. Christ-like love, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I also I have also loved you. Remain in my love. Verse 10. If, if again, you keep my command, you will remain in my love. See? If you don't have the if there, if Jesus is just saying, look, you, you remain in my love. No, he's saying, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, just as I have done with my father, you do with me, everything's going to be the same. Nothing's going to change. You're going to remain in my love. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. And so yesterday, in yesterday's episode, Jesus said this very same uh, thing. He's saying it again. He's repeating it. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one um, has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Wow. Wow. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And you, by the way, are my friends. I mean, that, that, that just blows me away. But again, it's conditional. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 15. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know, uh, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have shared. I have, excuse me, let me back up. Because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. In other words, Jesus is saying, I haven't kept anything from you. I haven't filtered anything. Everything the father has told me, I have told you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and to produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. See, here's another condition. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. See, your fruit wouldn't be fickle and fall off so that whatever you ask for in my name, my father will give you. In other words, if you produce fruit and that fruit is persistent and remains, then that qualifies you to ask whatever you want of the father in Jesus's name and he will give it to you. Verse 17, Jesus says, this is what I command you, to love one another. He says it a third time. You know, and so we have a, a, a lot of issues within the body of Christ between people right now. This does not please the Father. We let all kind of stuff come between us. We let race, politics, you know, gender, all kind of stuff come between us. 
If you think this pleases the Father, then you haven't read the word. Imagine your kids, if they were always fighting, always fighting, always at each other's throats, always wanting the worst for each other. How would you feel? Persecutions predicted. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. <laughs> in other words, keep things in the proper perspective. They hate you because they hate me. It says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. See, if you are a follower of the Lord, then you are going to think differently than the world thinks. You are going to have some different ideas and perspectives on things that the world thinks about. And they're going to hate you for it because you're not falling into line. Because you're looking at things from a different vantage point. Verse 20. Remember the word I spoke to you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. See? So Jesus is saying, look, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But for those who heard my word and kept my word, when you say my word, they'll also keep my word. In other words, he's telling them that you will have power if you keep my word. Verse 21, but they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. Just saying, look, if I didn't tell them what the deal was, then they would have an excuse. You know, then it wouldn't be fair for me to hold it against them for not obeying. But I have told them and they have chosen not to obey. They have chosen to continue on doing what they've been doing. See, now they're guilty. Verse 23. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. It's not only what I told them, but also what I showed them, what I demonstrated to them. It says, now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written, written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. The counselor's ministry, verse 26. When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from my Father, he will testify about me. So the spirit of truth who proceeds, who comes from the Father, Jesus is going to send, and he's going to testify about me. He's going to testify to his believers, you know, because even if you're a believer, you can still be a little shaky in your belief. And so Jesus said, look, I'm going to send the counselor. He's going to testify to you about me. And then it says in verse 27, you also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So he's essentially telling them what their mission is going to be when he ascends into heaven you also will go forth and testify about me because you have been with me from the, from the beginning. Now, we haven't been with Jesus from the beginning. But when we accept him into our lives and he becomes our Lord and Savior, our mission is basically the same thing, to testify about him. Not about us, about him. And with that, we are done for today. 
Uh, we'll pick it up in episode 215 tomorrow in chapter 16 of John. And remember, the invitation from the Lord Jesus is always going forth, always going forth. It is his desire that all men be saved. And to do that, they have to come to a saving grace knowledge of who he is. And the only way that can happen is if, if it comes through us. And so I offer, through my Lord and Savior Jesus, his invitation when he says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that I, Jesus, am Lord, then you shall not be put to shame and you will be saved. All it takes is that confession and sincere belief. After that, the next step is to find a, a, a group of Bible-believing people <laughs> so that you can all sharpen each other in the things of the Lord. With that, we are done. God willing, we'll pick this up tomorrow. Everybody stay safe, be blessed, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.